Auzubillahiminashaitanirrajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Peace be upon you all and welcome to another Drive Time Show with myself Saad and my co-presenter Shajil We'll be talking about today these topics are close and um, one of the topics is really close to my heart because I was a victim of it also at the same time hmm. It's cyber security hmm. I fell victim to it a couple of years back I X amount of money was taken from my account mm. and the second topic um, the first topic we were talking about is homelessness and the, uh, the problem or the result of the problem is our second topic of today you can there's a question being asked on our Instagram page have you ever been a target of a cyber attack slash fraud you mm. can call us also on 0208 6878 878 and you can tweet us at voice of Islam UK and same you can visit our website www.voiceofislam.co.uk hmm. so assalamu alaikum shajil how are you well, peace be upon you peace be upon uh, all of our listeners uh, as well um yeah i'm doing i'm doing great i'm doing great uh here and some uh, as you just mentioned the two topics that we're going to be speaking about touching yes. upon and on today's show, it is quite interesting. And the thing is, is that we don't know. We don't know where where we're gonna get attacked. Uh, you know, virtually online, um, such as you know, such as you mentioned, that uh, you know, it's easy to become to to be to be a victim or to fall prey to cyber attacks, cyber security as well. But that is something that we're going to be speaking about uh, later on as well. Homelessness is something is uh, which is you know. It's sad to say, but the it's always increasing. Yes, it's always increasing. And uh, and I remember a couple of years ago, you know, doing shows as well, you know, on the, on the drive time show on the Voice of Islam. That okay. you know, the, the the government is trying to do their best to to curb uh, homelessness, rough sleeping. It's homelessness is actually a broad term, and yes. there's so many different things which come underneath homelessness. You know, you can someone can just not have a not have a home, but they mm-hmm. can still be living underneath a roof. But then there's other types of homelessness as well that they they're sleeping rough. They don't have a roof on top of their head. They're sleeping on the streets. Yes. They're relying on their you know on on their on their on their on their, on their um, sleeping bags or whatever, or, you know the their blankets that they have with them or their or the jackets or whatever. And they're sleeping on the they're sleeping on the roadside on the mm-hmm. pavement. So there's different kinds of uh, homelessness as well. But still. Um, it is something which is uh, which is increasing, and uh, especially I mean it, when when it's summer, then of course it's a bad it's a bad thing all year round, right? Mm-hmm. But when it's summer, it's still a little bit more bearable because the weather is not against you. Yes. Now that the weather is is cold, it gets dark very quickly. You know, look, even just looking outside, it's, it's four o'clock, gray. and it's and it's you know it's it's already becoming dark. By the time we finish the the show today, it's going to be pitch black. Hey, it's going to be like midnight. It's going to be like midnight, literally, or, or in, in other seasons. So when when the time when you know when when the daylight hours are so are so less, and also the the weather is against you, that time you know is a ra- look at today here in South London. Mm-hmm. It rain. It was pouring down uh, yes. today as well in the morning, in the afternoon. And it was literally it was it was raining so much. Right now it's a bit dry, and it, you know it's uh, it's not it's not raining at the moment over here in South London. Um, but uh, that's the thing, isn't it? 
yes. it's raining, what if it snows, what if it sometimes it hails as well. And those people who are sleeping rough, those people that are homeless, they has they have nowhere to hide except for going underneath, you know, going into buildings. Literally, any building, going into a supermarket maybe, that that will protect them. Going underground. This is why a lot of people that sleep rough, they go underground mm-hmm. and they sleep over there because they know at least they're not going to, it's going to be warm there at least. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to rain on them. It's not going to, the wind is not going to affect them, mm-hmm. you know, from outside. Um, yes, they're not going to get any fresh air because, you know, the air that's in the in the underground, it's not a pleasant air to actually inhale. Yes. It's not that nice. Um, but still, at least they're going to be, at least they're going to stay dry. That's Indeed. why a lot of people stay there. Yes, you know, Shajil, just, uh, I just remembered something yeah. just from while you were talking and obviously we go towards Islamic side also at aft and mm. into it. You know all the benches we have um, in the UK where the buses stop or even yeah, the bus stop, yeah. bus stops, they have yeah. benches, but they have, the first of all, they used to be flat and you could sit down easily. Sit down easily now yeah. they're on a, they're now they're a little slanted, slanted yeah. and it's like small planks of it. And I went to New York and what I saw was they have some small spikes on it, not really harsh spikes, you mm. can say, but you have some bulges. Yeah. Where a you can person, feel that you can it's feel a bit it. bumpy. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit bumpy, but you you cannot uh, sleep on it. It's mm. really hard for someone who's sleeping there for let's say five six hours. Uh, a normal person needs seven hours roughly to sleep, mm. and if you're sleeping there five six hours on it, you will feel so those will bumps feel in, that, on yeah. your body. So you wake up earlier and you will move from there. Mm. So that's what the government is also tackling. Is this one? I know <laughs> yeah. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Yeah, 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 is yeah. this a way of tackling tackling um, homelessness or? The, the, the thing is, is that. If you just move someone from A to B, but don't give them a proper place to stay, that's not that's just shifting the problem, isn't it? It's like the, it's sweeping it's under the carpet. Under right? the carpet, exactly. That's exactly what it is, in my in my opinion. Yes. But if you know the government, you know, builds houses, builds, uh, I don't know, it could be council flats or houses or whatever, and does takes this initiative, yes, m- makes proper homes for those people, for the people that are homeless, then the people who are sleeping rough, then they at least have a house, isn't it? Yes, at least they'll have a house. I mean, that's that's one of the possible ways. But just to say, just to make you know something a bit spiky or make the make it something like that, then uh, that that's just you know just like you say. In my opinion, as well, it's just pushing it under the under the under the carpet. Under you know, the this rug. question we should ask our experts today yeah. on the show also. Yeah. Remind me regarding this question. Yeah. So we'll go, but we'll start off the show now. Yeah. So in the Holy Quran, chapter 2, verse 272, Allah the Almighty states, If you give alms openly, it is well and good. But if you conceal them and give uh, and give them to the poor, it's, it is even better for you. And he will remove from you many of your sins. And Allah is aware of what you do. So, Shajil, hmm. you know, this verse is so beautiful. That's what I always say on the show. Islam is a complete religion. Exactly. exactly. And it says, it, one, you know, it says, if you're giving, um, let's say, charity openly, that attracts people to give even more, right? The, hmm. Your colleagues, your friends. Okay, he's giving some amount of money. Or some, uh, some other way, let's say food banks, he's donating there something. And that's openly. And people can see, okay, he's giving, some, and that's the best. The, then that's another thing. Hmm. What he's giving, uh, uh, basically, uh, under a hidden way, so no one knows he's giving that x amount of money. That's purely for helping, hmm. and no one knows about it. So there's always two ways of doing charity. One is to let everyone know, okay, th- there's something called charity which everyone should give. Yeah. And there's one way 
that that's for your own self what x amount you give or what x amount of food you give or whatever um whatever way you're helping them mm. that's what it means on this uh, regarding this verse exactly exactly <coughs> now as i mentioned you, uh, you know the in the beginning that there's there's different types of uh, there's different types of homelessness Yes. Right, there's rough sleeping, as I mentioned before, that are the most visible and dangerous forms of hopelessness, uh, ho- homelessness. And the the longer the longer someone experiences rough sleeping, the more likely that they are to face challenges around. Uh, you know, it could be different things, such as trauma. Mm-hmm. It could be facing challenges such as mental health, uh, drug misuse as well. Yes, and it's very easy for you know those people that are homeless that are sleeping rough actually. To actually fall prey to to actually to 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 do any of these things as well. Mm-hmm. Now there's the the different types of uh, homelessness I mentioned as well, and there's um, wh- there's another form is that when approaching local authorities for support, those deemed uh, in priority need mm-hmm. are described as being uh, this uh, this type of homelessness because they are owed a duty by their local authority. So that's a that's a different type of uh, homelessness uh, as well, and then there's a hidden homelessness, okay. and that is when 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 many people who are not entitled to help with housing, mm-hmm. or who don't even approach their councils for help, aren't counted in the official statistics as well. So wow. sometimes the the authority doesn't even know that those people are, thro- are are homeless because they don't report it, they don't go to the councils, they don't ask for the help as well. Despite the fact that they need it, so many stay in hostels, um, B&Bs, maybe sometimes in overcrowded accommodations or concealed housing, mm-hmm. um, such as you know the, the floors or sofas of friends and family. You know, someone can just say that oh I'm homeless, go to their friend's house, stay there, go to a family member's house, stay there, and yes. they can sometimes they can crash there for for a very long time. Yes, and you know rent free, and uh, they don't declare. They don't tell the authorities. They don't tell the council that they're that they're homeless. So this is an, because they're undocumented. This is why the actual number of people that are homeless is even more. Is is, is yeah, it's even more exactly. Now, risk of homelessness is that some people are more at risk of being uh, are being pushed into homelessness than others. And um, those are people in low-paid jobs, um, living in poverty, in poor quality, or insecure housing are more likely to experience homelessness as well. Sometimes we see that the houses that people are actually living in, they're not up to the standard for you know for, for actually people to be living in those houses. Yes, and the authority doesn't do anything to to fix those problems. We spoke about I think we spoke about it last week as yes, well. Yes, when the, the, regarding the rent crisis, regarding the rent crisis as well. Say for example, you're living in a house and then the boiler doesn't work. Yes, and in this you know if you look at the weather mm-hmm. right now, you need to have hot water. That's a basic necessity. If someone's not getting hot water for for weeks, mm-hmm. for days, for weeks, they're gonna get ill. Definitely. How are they gonna shower in freezing cold water when it's you know raining outside and <sighs> when it's so cold outside and it's just gonna get colder as well? This is nothing. It's gonna get colder yes. as well. It's just in November, December, January, February is very cold as well. So that's the thing. If, for example, the heating is not working. And they need to put the heating on, but it's, but it's simply just it's just not working. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many layers you put on; it's just it's just not the same no, as no. putting the heating on, is it? That's correct. I mean, f- to to some degree, it, it is a good thing, but it's not the same thing. Yes, you know, um, I went Peak District a couple of years back for a campaign, right? 
and it's not I know it's not homelessness but it was an activity but mm. you see, you see uh, I stayed in the tent it was raining as soon as I get, got out from uh, it was October time I got out from the um was called my tent yeah. and rain was pouring down and I was like oh let's go quickly back in or yeah. somewhere where it's dry or where the heat where the, where there's heating yeah. but there was no heating there available because you were in a tent of, it was the t- the tent was leaking yeah and if I'm thinking about it right now yeah that's one off and I was like okay I can't do this anymore let's go home let's go back right let's go yeah. back or get yeah. a cabin or something let's hire something because yeah. I was able to afford it at a, t- a stable uh, place stable yeah, place yeah. I can afford it and but if I think about it now it, the homeless who are, who are sleeping rough uh, on a day to day basis they're going through this every single day especially with the UK weather which cannot be trusted as such yeah, yeah. it's raining yeah. it's, it's raining one second and it's, sh- it's sunny the next second and then yeah. it rains again yeah. so you 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 have to be thinking about okay if it's raining what ha- what I have to do now as you mentioned regarding it, someone staying under uh, uh, underground or where the tube stations are mm. even though the air is not nice or good um, 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 oxygen coming over there but mm. you at have to do something it, yeah right it's, it's, it's a necessity dry, it's a necessity to keep yourself warm and dry because if you're not keeping yourself dry and warm you will get ill you might have to like face other illnesses afterwards exactly. you know, on, the, on the long term also exactly um let's uh, let's speak to our guest who who's on the line with us uh, greg mangum who is the founder and ceo of only a pavement away an organization which helps to help people beat homelessness by connecting them to employers in the uh, hostility industry hospitality industry apologies for that a peace be upon you good afternoon and welcome to the show Oh, hi, how are you? Thanks for having me on there. Thank you for, for joining us this afternoon. Now, w- w- what inspired you to create Only a Pavement Away? Uh, it's quite simple, really. I had a consultancy in hospitality, and then one Saturday night, my wife and I were walking uh, along the Strand, and my wife sort of said, look at all these young rough sleepers, same age as our nephews, nieces. So uh, I said, well, we've got, at that time, 80,000 vacancies in hospitality. Mm-hmm. And she said, someone should go and do something. So... I then contacted a gentleman called Delau at Crisis, who's now one of their senior management team, and he's one of our trustees, mm-hmm. and a guy called Ben, who's got a backpacker hostel, who I'd done work for, and he's become a pal, and he's now one of our, he's one of our trustees as well, and then between the three of us, we sort of kicked it off, and I got offered a very lucrative contract to go back into hospitality, but my wife and I made the decision to close down the consultancy and focus on getting people who have or are facing homelessness, prison leavers, and people who leave the military with either emotional or physical issues into careers in hospitality. And that, and it's all, that was four years ago. So hmm. we haven't looked back, really. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it is a very commendable work that, uh, that, you, that you're doing. Um, also, one of the things which is very much uh, important is that people have uh, some sort of uh, employment which is stable. Now, can you elaborate on why you believe in stability through employment? I, I think that what you have is that, I, I, you know, if you're sleeping in a doorway, then you will say that you want to, you need accommodation. But I think the problem is that if you come out of prison, you often don't have that accommodation. If you come out of the military, you're sofa surfing. Uh, and if you go to a homeless hostel, then you'll end up a homeless charity. You may end up in a hostel. So, the important is that you can be put into housing, but mm-hmm. what do you do? You just look at four walls all the time. You know, you don't have the the financial uh, 
position to go out and buy yourself a new pair of jeans, buy yourself some of the basic necessities, to buy yourself some food, to keep yourself warm. And then I think when you get into work, that gives you not only the stability, but it gives you that camaraderie of working with other people. And you suddenly, you regain your self-esteem because you're going in and you're thinking, I did that. I did a damn good job as a barista today. I did a damn good job as a as a commie chef. You know, if I hadn't really performed on the on the pot wash or in the cafe bar, then the customers wouldn't get served. So I think what stability mm. through employment does is it restores your self-esteem, it gives you pride, and it gives you financial recalls to improve your life. Perfect. Thank you, um, Greg. You know, my question to you is, you know, you, you've been doing this um, for the past four years, as you mentioned before? Yes. Yes. So does the organization support only those who are considered um, as homeless or other groups of people as well, like, for example, someone is jobless? Uh, no, we would consider people, you don't have to be homeless, you have to be sort of facing homelessness. So the one thing we say is we wouldn't take someone out of a doorway. We always go through sort of crisis, St Mungo's or any other charities that are out there are saying, mm-hmm. then these people these people are in the right headspace to go to work. Okay. Or this person has had some form of addiction or mental breakdown, but they're on their way back now. So we can say to the employer, look, you've got someone who's maybe lost their confidence, yes. had problems in their home life, but they just need empathy rather than sympathy because sympathy will ruin the program because mm-hmm. we don't want people to be molecules. You've got to give someone empathy empathy and, and mutual respect so we we will you know we're, we're just about to sign the domestic abuse stop domestic abuse covenant okay so we would look to help women through domestic abuse and men um we will then get into say people who have learning difficulties or, okay. or special needs so what we do is we, we could have gone for all of those at the beginning but mm-hmm. we've taken it slowly because it's very easy to be all things to all people but if you take it slowly and say right okay we've got the homeless charities, we know what we're doing with homelessness, we know what we're doing with the Ministry of Justice and Prison Leavers, we know what we're doing with the Ministry of Defence and Prisons yes. and Ex-Military. Right now we can look at other parts of society that we can help and who who would help our industry, who would help hospitality and make it even better. Okay, perfect. And, you know, also how can the public um, get involved in your course, and if you can tell us about it? Yeah, they can. People can volunteer to do our campaign. So at the moment, we've got Winter Walk Week, which is where all our partners ask their teams to collect coats and clothes and sleeping bags, and then we link them up with hostels, and they will deliver that hostel. We've got food people, people who donate food, and then we have a very good rapport with a a group of people in Barking called Humdum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they, you know, we will say, look, we've got a lorry load of pasta, and they distribute that pasta for us, okay? Uh, because cause they know the people on on the the ground. There's a there's a guy we deal with, their M Dad, who really sort of points us in the right right direction. But people can volunteer as mentors, as counsellors. There's employees who can come on board and say, yes, you know, I, I, I would take someone. And it's very important that it's not about numbers you know we're not going to cure a recruitment crisis but okay. we can give you one person who will be with you in 18 months time and the campaigns we do about people going out and giving out sleeping bags and clothing and going to the hostels and that changes people's perception because yes. they don't come back and say oh you know if you say to something what's a rough sleeper they've got a bottle of meth they've got a needle in their arm uh, and they're there because it's their fault they come back and they say I just met someone who was a banker, who was in private equity, who had a great family life and it split up. Mm-hmm. And 
that could have been me. I could have, you know, if I'd have lost my job or been affected by the pandemic or something like that, then I could have been that person at that homeless hospital. And so it changes people's perceptions. And if you change perceptions, you change lives. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, Greg. And, you know, the question of the hour, do you personally believe that homelessness is the problem or the result of a bigger problem? I think it's a result of a bigger problem. Okay. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody chooses to be homeless. Yes. Uh, you know, I always look at it, and no matter where you are, you've probably seen a Christmas tree or celebrated a, a, a religious festival with, with, within your personal religion. Mm-hmm. And you, when you were little, someone held you in their arms. Yes. Somewhere through life, you get kicked to turn left rather than turn right. You know, you might be on a housing estate and not very academic, so you join the gangs. You might have come from a family that, that splits up or you've you broken up through a broken marriage or something like that and you end up on the street. So I think it's more societal than people turning around and saying, hi, I'm going to be homeless tonight. Okay. You know, this is the way you've explained it. I hope the listeners were able to take something from this. And I have been ta- I was able to take the way you explained it. This also hit my heart. Actually, that's also a way of explaining this. Thank you so much, Greg, for coming on to the show today and enlightening our listeners with your wisdom. Oh, thank you. Thank you for giving the opportunity. Thank Anything you so that much. Anything sort of helps represent these people and helps represent, represent yes. our charity is a great opportunity. So thank you and have a good day. Yeah. You too. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers bye. Bye. So this was Greg from very, the only very interesting uh, payment to away. Yes. You know, the way he explained the end, I was, okay, wow, that's also, you know, we say, homelessness you, you uh, uh, what I was saying okay because you were doing uh, drugs and stuff that's one factor which goes in mm. but the way he explained you know there was one time you were not homeless someone was holding you in the hand so mm. you had a home you had something something must have happened down the line which kicked you towards the left and it could be example you were not good in in, in academics for mm. example and you were, went into gangs or something with drugs or something uh, along those lines mm. and that that actually hit my mind it's like okay wow mm. this is also a way because I always thought you know homeless sometimes is uh, here in, in the UK because I, I thought the council is fully supportive mm. before uh, before this not before the show but uh, um, bef- um, before I joined um, um, university I was so why is not the council helping them out and when I went into my university, started learning more, my mind even opened more. And even before um, coming to this show, I was doing some research about it and it, it um, opened up my mind even more regarding mm. homeless people. Mm. But the thing with councils are, they're also running at full capacity at the same time sometimes. So where can they take them in, right? That's There's literally no no place to, place to, to yeah. So that's There's why no infrastructure. I, that's why I, th- I thought, you know, the way um, stability through employment that's a great way of um, you know putting someone off the streets, mm. or s- and and making them stable. And hopefully, the guy who becomes stable or the girl who becomes stable, she can or he can help more people after that because he or she has been through that path already, and they can help out the other rough sleepers um, around them, and they can lift them up, mm. right? If someone is already stable and he knows the ways now, because he learned right, he learned from trial and error. Now, he can tell them, okay, these were my errors. You shouldn't make those mistakes. But obviously, there will be some mistakes they will make along the line regarding becoming more stable. 
but they will be avoiding those similar uh, mistakes which the previous person has made you know that's why i am i, I was i was grateful for greg coming on today mm. and explaining that you can become stable through employment mm. and that's a great way of making someone stable that's one of his uh, um you know sort of I don't know, maybe mottos or whatever yes. but uh, you know it's it is it is something which is a very big factor yes, and, and it contributes to this and it, i was i was i was actually more respectful for what the, the work he's doing even mm. when our youth um uh, um um the muslim youth association goes out we give out food and okay we we're hoping out or warm clothes or um, blankets and all all that we what we can do in our capacity mm. right but i i know folks for a fact i was like okay well, how can i help him become um um get off the streets but i had no means for example mm. i had well, i was student at that time right yeah i said like, let's say i have let's say 20 pound in my bank account in total i said like, how can i help him right now i was, I was used to be thinking about it what came mm. and then you heard about these um um charities who are there to help the exact uh, people out who have been to going through a um, rough patch of their life Exactly. And even though we just had to put like a small a blanket to help them out uh, uh, for that 24 hours but uh, for a long term you need charities um even the councils to step in and help out okay we what we can do is we can donate um money we can donate food we can donate our expertise mm. that's also a great donation if someone knows um I need for example I have a corner shop for example let's say and i need two employees right and i know this person is homeless but he's a great worker also at the same time why not employ him and try to get him off the streets it will take some time it's 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 a difficult thing to do but you have to put your trust your hard effort and and your money at the same time time effort and money these three things you have to put in to make him stable and if you believe that that person who you have cr- um, helped out will be hoping out another person in along the uh, line of the of throughout his life that as that's a great success so basically you have you have helped not one person but two people at the same time mm. it's not as one person the one person you have worked on that same but person, that person is will be helping exactly. someone else hopefully on, exactly. along the lines exactly <clears throat> let's uh, let's uh, i mean we'll continue of, of of course continue this uh, uh, this as well uh, yes. as you know as 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 our goes on But uh, let's speak to our next guest who's on the line with us Dan who's head of rough sleeping services uh, at Depot uh, which is an organization which was founded to combat homelessness in London but now operates as uh, international scale as well which is very very good very very pleasing to hear about that as well thank you so much for joining us Dan this afternoon Hi there good afternoon afternoon um to begin with homelessness um among you know young people can can it be quantified yeah and uh, it can be um i think it's really important to differentiate between different types of homelessness yeah, so yeah. there's rough sleeping which is the most obvious you know the most obvious type of homelessness people mm-hmm. we see on the street um and the the the, sort of the tragic news really is that the number of young people sleeping rough is increasing um we've got information from around England and the UK but probably the best information we've got is from London hmm. so we know that last year 700 young people slept rough just wow. in London so 700 young people hmm. and it's going up so since April it's increased by 35% already oh. 
So, I mean, rough sleeping, as, as your listeners will know, it's incredibly dangerous and traumatising for young people. Um, and we, we did some good work, actually, in the pandemic to get the number of young people sleeping rough going down. Right. But, yeah, unfortunately, it's going up again, which I'm sure we can, we can talk about in a bit. Mm. The, the other, other types of homelessness are, are less obvious. Um, sometimes they're called hidden homelessness. Mm. And because it's hidden, it, it's quite hard to, to be sure how many young people are hidden homeless. But the best estimates suggest it's probably around 100,000 young people a year across England. 100,000 young people every year face unstable accommodation, sofa surfing, um, staying with people they don't know. Some young people stay out at parties all night. Some people sleep on the bus. Mm -hmm. A lot of young people sit at McDonald's all night. So the the numbers are unfortunately huge, and right now they're going in the wrong direction. So obviously there has to be something which, uh, which causes this. So what sort of factors lead a young person say you know under the age of 25 to towards homelessness yeah well there's there's lots of factors there i mean lots of us are quite lucky and we think well you know when i was a young person or if i'm still a young person what would happen if if i needed some help if i needed somewhere to stay um and most of us would probably think of our family um unfortunately family breakdown difficulties within the family home are a leading cause of, of homelessness so some mm-hmm. pe- some young people are kicked out by their parents or the relationship with their parents has got to such a point that they simply can't continue to stay there mm. tragically some young people are abused by their parents so it's not safe for them to stay there okay. on top of that you've got people breaking up with their partners um, people you know at the moment it's it's tough times for lots of people so people's mental health can lead them just to be unable to cope to maintain a, a tenancy for example so mental health can cause people to become homeless and that that's all against the backdrop at the moment of or the financial side of homelessness so you know at a time where something like, like that's happened where you've had you, you had a row with your parents um, that's when you need a financial societal safety net and that is getting the gaps in that safety net are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the financial pressure on young people is it's enormous, especially for young people on low incomes. Mm-hmm. So I think rents are as high as they've ever been. So, you know, there's young people who can't afford the rent. Cost of living, people, you know, young people having to make a choice between paying their bills, feeding themselves. So we, we work with young people who've got £10 a week in, after all their bills to feed themselves with. Wow. The temptation is maybe not pay your bills, not pay your rent, so you can you can buy something, but so you can buy food. Um, young people tend to have get lower salaries; mm-hmm. uh, they earn less than older people. Minimum wage is lower. I mean, apprentices earn extremely low low wages in some cases. And then you know sometimes we do need to rely on on the on the on the welfare safety net on universal credit and other benefits, mm-hmm. and of course they're all they're also lower for young people so it's sort of this this perfect storm of factors at the moment that you know when young people do need some help because we always go, all of us go through difficult experiences that helps us not there, and the cost of keeping a roof over the head just becomes impossible to meet okay you know and all these factors you have mentioned. That's, uh, I think I hope, I'm hopeful that the listeners would, um, can take away from something and able to help these um, youngsters in some way or form. But I wanted to ask, um, what is Nightstop Network and how does it work? 
Yeah, so Night Stops, it's an amazing service that relies on members of the public doing mm-hmm. something so, so valuable and so helpful. So DePaul run the Night Stop network. It operates across the UK. And what it, it, quite simply, it's members of the public giving up a spare room to young people who've got nowhere else to go, just, just for a couple of nights. So people who've got, got, got a home of their own, got a, a comfortable home, um, if they've got a spare room and they're able to, they give up that room um, and Night Stop will refer young people potentially who are about to sleep rough or are sleeping rough okay. into that room. So there's, there's, you know, it's a big thing to take a stranger into your house. There's yes. lots of stuff to make sure it's safe. So there's lots of risk assessment, DBS checks, references around the young person. So obviously okay. extensive vettings and vetting and training for the hosts. And we just ask hosts to give a give up a room, give up a provide an evening meal, and if necessary, provide if the young person wants it, provide a listening ear. Thank you. It, it, it's an it's really amazing service. I can't emphasize enough. Um, how much, what an amazing job the host, Night Stop hosts do. So Dan, just for our listeners, is this um, was uh, for free or is there a small fee to pay for the sleepers? Um, no, so it's free. So it's free for the young person. Perfect. Um, yeah. That's the thing I was, was wanting to get out to the um, um, listeners. If so, if someone is uh, sleeping rough and, and they're listening today, hopefully they'll be able to take away and be able to get somewhere to sleep tonight. And also... Yep. Also, my question is, how essential is stability to bring someone off the street? Well, so, so when someone's sleeping rough, obviously what they need is accommodation. Um, so yes. getting someone inside is, is incredibly important. Okay. But the other thing about rough sleeping is it's, it's such a dehumanizing thing to do. People sleeping rough, you know, they, they tell us that uh, people won't look them in the eye when they're on the street, that... Sometimes it's horrible. They get spat on, even urinated on. Sometimes wow. even set on fire. Mm-hmm. So the 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 the, the isolation um, and the, the the loneliness that that people can feel on the street it's it's tragic, really. Um, and often young people have never had stability. So we worked with with one young person called Alex. He became homeless at 16, um, okay. but he was never safe at home. He was school. He was the last person to leave school. It was the only f- place he felt safe. His parents would throw hot, throw hot drinks in when he asked for food. He was beaten constantly. Uh, and Night Stop actually was the first, well, you know, was was one of the first place he'd slept in years that he actually felt some sort of stability. So it's all about yes, stability. But the first step is just to help these young people feel like they are valued human beings, like there is someone out there who cares for them. So that that you know that that's really important. That's what just giving up your bed. You know, someone you you never met has given up a, a room in their house for you. That mm-hmm. has such an enormous effect on the way that young people feel. And then after that, you no, know, to Paul will continue working with the young person, get them into longer term accommodation where they can feel a little more settled, mm-hmm. and then help them to move on to get a place of their own, and then you know really do the things that we all need to feel stable, and um, maybe reconnect with their friends with their family if it's appropriate for them to do so um, and also to start engaging with like, community groups um, getting involved in things getting working getting into education all of these things that we all need in our lives Perfect. then um, a question we are asking today to all our guests do you personally believe that homelessness is the problem or the result of a bigger problem 
Well, I mean, if we look at look at what we've discussed yes. already, we looked at the factors that lead to homelessness. Yes. Um, family related difficulties in the family home. Indeed. Breakups, mental health. These are all triggers. These are we call, what we call triggers. Things that events in someone's life that can lead them to become homeless. Okay. Um, if people generally have a uh, a stable upbringing have a have a, a good family a family that they can rely on for love and compassion and support um then then they're far less likely to become homeless but we, we know that all of those things that we rely on they're harder if if people if families are living in poverty yes so all of those all of those things just being able to provide enough space for your children is very hard there's lots of overcrowding in this country um putting food on the table can be more stressful can be more difficult um for parents who haven't got much money um see if you've got less money finding housing that you can afford is more difficult yes so um, so poverty is a huge factor here i mean it, you know it, 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 there's studies that have found that poverty is the single biggest predictor of homelessness so if we could eliminate poverty then would go a, a huge a huge distance towards eliminating homelessness and particularly young people becoming homeless thank you so much dan thank you so much for joining us today i'd, and I'd just like yes. i'd just like to say um if your listeners are keen to get involved and of maybe they're thinking about being a night stop host or they'd like to help another way please do google uh, one night can change a life and you'll you'll come through to depaul's website and there's lots of things there that you can do. It could be giving up a room as a night stop post if that's what you can do. It could be volunteering in other ways. It could be making a donation. Um but that, that you know if you Google one night can change life and you'll you'll see lots of ways in which you can make a difference um to young people who've got who've got nowhere else to go. Perfect. Thank you so much Dan for adding this in for us. Uh, I completely forgot to ask you how the um, audience or the listeners can get involved in helping out. Thank you so much for reminding me myself and getting it out there. Oh thank you. It's great great to talk to you and great to talk to your listeners as well. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Great um uh, done. You too. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So this was Dan who is the head of rough sleeping service at Dubhall. Dubhall? Yeah, Dubhall. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, what he mentioned was uh, quite interesting as yes. well, isn't it? uh very practical things uh, which you know which can happen on on a day-to-day basis and you some things that you don't even realize but it's uh but it's out there it's happening isn't it yes uh, he mentioned um where young um people who were sleeping in london was about 700 people mm, yeah. so young um, and, young, and he said it's increasing as well and by that's about 35% it has increased so far yeah and then he mentioned many factors for example being kicked out by the parents abused by the parents uh, breaking up with the partners yeah. mental health um all this a especially the one he mentioned after paying all the bills youngsters have 10 pound left sometimes for the week to survive mm. for food and these are the factors factors which uh, lead someone towards homelessness and then he mentioned sure. obviously one night can help a life if someone wants to get involved and in helping out um, rough sleepers mm. um for our listeners as um if someone's um really um willing or has a spare room available please if you can help out um any rough sleepers absolutely yes. absolutely <coughs> and you know how he mentioned that uh, there's there's different there's different ways in which people can become homeless in which people can uh you know just sleep uh, sleep rough yes. the average age uh of death for people experiencing homelessness is 46 for men and 42 for women wow 
people sleeping on the street are almost 17 times more likely to have been victim of violence. As the, you know, Dan mentioned, Dan mentioned, mentioned as well, people some get... Some uh, spat on, urinated. Yeah. And, you know, set on fire as well. He, fire. he said that as well. I was, no, that's the thing I was surprised. I was why surprised. Would, why would someone do it? If someone's sleeping rough, he's not disturbed. He's vulnerable he's, anyway. He's why, vulnerable. why are you trying to disturb Why are you him? even hurt him even more? Exactly. And make it because you don't know what's happening in his life. And these are the factors sometimes it, it can lead towards um, suicides. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the homeless, homeless people are over nine times more likely to take them take their own <laughs> lives than than you know than people in the general public nine, nine times, times more. more and obviously you know there's, there's different uses though well. maybe they can be substance abuse such as drugs they can they can misuse drugs yes. accidentally they can kill themselves maybe unintentionally they can just overdose and they can kill themselves or yes. they you know they choke on their you know their 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 sick or whatever but also they might become so depressed and they may become so ill that they they would just they think that you know there's no, nothing left for them there's no services that can actually help them that they can actually go to and get the support that they need this is why they take their own lives yes. in a ad- um, address delivered in 2016 his holiness the leader of the Ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat khalifatul masih the 5th stated in the holy quran allah the almighty says that a believer must take care of the poor and sh- and should feed the hungry allah the almighty says that a person should be willing to make personal sacrifices for the sake of others Allah the Almighty says that a person should avoid all forms of arrogance and ill thinking of others absolutely so these you know the the, the, the saying the words uh, are in the Holy Quran which has um, um, His Holiness has mentioned here yeah these are wisdom for us you know as they say like what you like for, uh, for yourself um, you should like also for your brother right exactly uh, in admiration the Holy Prophet has said and that's all those um, being. It doesn't mean just your physical brother, uh, your biological brother, mm. but it means people around you who are close. Your brethren, your family members, family your community, members, your yeah. community. Help them out. That's the way you can lift up a community, and that's how you can eradicate ho- homelessness. Hopefully, one day. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is that is the goal as well. Yes. Um, let's speak to our next guest, Nick, who is the managing director of End Youth Homelessness, a collection of the 11 Yiddin Youth Homelessness Charities from across the UK. Peace be upon you. Good afternoon and welcome to the show, Nick. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, uh, for the benefit of our listeners to begin with, what is the housing fund and how does it aim to combat homelessness? Okay, so we, through our housing fund, End Youth Homelessness and its members, help young people move out of supported accommodation um, some of your listeners may think see them as homeless hostels for young people yeah. mm-hmm. and it enables them to start out on their own independent uh, life so moving into the private rented sector or sometimes into other types of social housing often there's a financial barrier to doing that and we helped young people to overcome that barrier mm-hmm. and what what is the employability fund and, and how does it uh, what does it do to sort of help the youth So our employability fund um, works in slightly different ways in different parts of the country, but essentially we fund uh, workers to work with a young person, hold their hand, help them figure out what they want to do, what skills they need to gain, and then works with them and employers to get jobs for young people. Because ultimately if a young person is employed 
um, and with, in a decent job that they want to do, the chances of them slipping back into homelessness are, are massively reduced. So can homelessness be prevented? And if it, if it can, then, then how can it be? 100%. Um, almost a very, very high percentage of um, people, like rough sleepers, the mm-hmm. people that you can, the society considers to be homeless, um, have had really tough lives. Um, they've often had really insecure housing from very early in their lives. And then over time, various issues build up on top of that and it becomes too much for them to cope with in many, in many different ways. Mm. If we're able to get in early when we see that families are struggling with their children, um, we're able to give them more support, help those young people overcome some of the problems that they've faced as, as children, mm-hmm. um, then their chances of becoming rough sleepers of the future are, are massively reduced. I mean, I, I think that to to reduce it, to get rid of it absolutely 100% all of the time, I think would be difficult because people's lives are chaotic and unpredictable things happen but you can massively reduce the number of people at risk of homelessness if you get those early interventions going. Okay, and you know, we often hear that London is very expensive, but according to stats um, by uh, your organisation, renting in all of England is not affordable for young people. What is the potential solution to this? As you mentioned, we can take 100% off rough sleepers, and how can we help these young people out there? Um, I mean, I think it's not just our stats. There was some other stats that were published yesterday that said a very similar thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually, that wasn't just looking at our young people that are particularly cash poor. And that was actually looking at even a wider group of people. So, I mean, there's obviously there are some sort of strategic issues such as uh, house building and, and making sure that some of that is social housing. Mm -hmm. But I think, Ultimately, especially for young people, I think we need to stop. We want to stop looking at them as homeless people and say, and stop saying this is a housing issue. Mm-hmm. And start looking at them as young people with their lives ahead of them, and giving them the chance to take control of that. Um, so, if think if they are getting jobs, they are moving into their own private rented accommodation that they can afford because they've got a decent job, and they're moving on from that to have families. Then, then those young people don't become a homeless statistic of the future. Okay. So I think for us, it's about looking at them as a distinct group that require different support and not lumping all homeless people together, which is I think is a big problem, and it's certainly something that the the, the public understandably do. But, you know, a homeless family requires completely different support from a, from a rough sleeper who's different from a young person or somebody escaping domestic violence. These are all very different support cases and need to be treated in their own terms. Okay, Nick, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I wanted to ask, um, how many youngsters ha- have you helped your, your organisation has helped so far? Oh, oh wow. Yes, I know um, it's, I, we... it's on the spot right now. So I was getting out to the audience. <laughs> Uh, I, I know that we are supporting, uh, so our homeless fund, we've housed nearly a thousand or just over a thousand wow. young people, um, similar numbers to our employability fund. And we're doing this all across the country. Yeah. And, and I think the way, the way that we work is through other organizations who already exist, who are already expert, and we're funding them to do elements of work that the government don't fund. 
Yeah. And it's those things outside of just having a roof over the head that really change young people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the support that most of us thankfully have because of, you know, from our parents and from school and all those support networks that the majority of people have around them, mm-hmm. even if they're not ideal, we're not saying that everybody's living this sort of bucolic life, but even if they're not ideal, as long as they've got love and support around them, young people have got a great chance of succeeding. Mm-hmm. If that isn't there, then they're, they're, they're really stuck. And I think we're trying to step in and say, well, actually, society at large cares about what happens to you. Yes. And we're here to step up and give you that chance to really go out there and make your way in the world on your own terms. Perfect. And Nick, um, how can the general public um, contribute to this um, great um, work you're doing? Well, you know, firstly, we, we're very grateful for any donations that we receive, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but I think there's a thing here about looking at young people through sympathetic eyes okay. and recognising that if you've got a 16-, 17-, 18-year-old who is homeless, who may be presenting in quite um, uh, potentially an, an aggressive or an unfriendly way, Mm-hmm. You know, you might work in the local authority, you might be a landlord, you know, you might be employing somebody for trying to employ somebody for a job in a shop. Whatever it is that you're doing, just try to understand like, what, why are they coming at me like that and, and how can I help them? Because ultimately they're our future. Yes, obviously. It's a, it's a mind change, a mind shift from looking at homeless people as somebody that something needs to be done to. Mm-hmm. and say, actually, no, like, we're, we're all here. They're part of our com- community. I'm going to give them a leg up so they can get on with their lives. And then they will contribute, and then they'll feel more trust for society around them. You've got to remember that an awful lot of these young people have been let down from day one. Yes, That's not their fault. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing they can do about that. So we're here to try and step in, and the rest of society can help us do that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. We are reaching the uh, end of the show also. So I would like to thank you for joining us today at the Drive Time Show. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. So this was Nick, who is the Managing Director of End Youth Homelessness. And he has mentioned quite a few, you know, Sajid, uh, mm. points here that we can eradicate 100% of rough sleepers, because, uh, but you have to commit ourselves first to be helping out and you know uh, also was called um, he said regarding when I asked when when we asked him regarding it, um, um, throughout the UK the mm. pricing have re- increased mm. and it's getting expensive for someone to rent out also he said yes yeah. and but the thing is that the housing uh, anyways is a bit too difficult any uh, for to provide but there are some uh, ways which 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 the um, youth can be helped out, and he he has asked uh, if he can look them with sympathy, mm. and that's the one thing. And if you if you can help them in any way uh, in your capacity, please help them out. Exactly, <coughs> exactly. You know, there's yes. different uh, there's different ways in which the government can actually you know uh, step in and uh, help those people who are in need as well. You know, mm-hmm. in regards to the government or institutions' responsibility. To those who are less fortunate, His mm-hmm. Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the fifth caliph of the Promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, he said that an incident about Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, he was the second caliph of Islam, which has been uh, preserved in history. He said that once he saw an old, uh, an old non-Muslim who was begging, and he asked him why he was doing so. He replied that, "What can I do, Umar? 
has imposed a jizya, and that is a kind of tax which is which was imposed at that time. He said that I cannot work, I'm old, and I'm. There's no. Is there no exemption for me to pay this tax? And upon this, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, he immediately instructed the relevant department that no tax should be taken from this man, but rather the upkeep of all such persons was to be the born was to be the born by the treasury, and this was the standard of justice of that era, despite the lack of resources, and in spite of in spite of being a non-Muslim, he was given his due rights. And in this way, Hazrat Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, fulfilled the requirements of justice, absolute justice. And this, uh, and this is what, uh, what, caused peace, uh, what caused peace to be established in the country. You know, in the Holy Quran, Allah the Almighty tells us that we should help those people who, who, are, who ask, you know, who, who, who ask for money, who ask for charity, those people who are the needy, yes. but those people who cannot ask. Yes. Sometimes there are people who you are a little bit shy to ask. Some people that they, 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 they their voices are not heard, and this is why you know we should try our best to look out for both of these types of people. Yes, those people who are in need of the help, and those people who are need but they they don't ask for the help as well. So mm-hmm. all of these things are very very much important. So I would you know because we just really have one minute left. Yeah. And I was going to leave a message for ourselves and the audience and listeners yeah, yeah. that if we can help anyone in any way or form, please contribute. Don't think about it. Just do it. Just like your as your heartbeat is going on, mm. just do it. Just don't think about it. And hopefully we might be able to help someone out mm. and eradicate homelessness in a small percentage, slowly and steadily, and build a better build, society. Build upon, build upon that as well. I mean, that is one of the teachings of Islam as well, to fulfill the rights of mankind, to fulfill the rights of the creation of God as well. Yes. Uh, I mean, that actually draws our conclusion to this part of the show. Join us after the news break. We will go into our next topic about cyber security. Join us after the news. You're listening to The Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the second hour of today's Drive Time Show. And we'll be talking about cyber security. So cyber crime is a criminal activity that either targets or uses a computer, a computer network, or a network device. Most cybercrime is committed by cybercriminals or hackers who want to make money. However, occasionally cybercrime aims to damage computers or networks for reason others than profit. These could be political or personal. Hmm. Cybercrime can be committed against an individual or a group. It can also be committed against government and private organizations. It may be intended to harm someone's reputation, physical harm, or even mental harm. Wow. So, you know, so you may think, uh, you know, if you just hear cybersecurity, it's just something like, you know, online and uh, there's something which uh, which you, do, you need to look into, you need to take it seriously. Yes. But sometimes it's uh, we think that it's just something to do with, uh, you know, your phone or online or your computer. But it, it can cause you physical harm. Uh, as well 
because of you know the different ways in which people get attacked, yes. the different ways people um, you know fall prey to this uh, to cyber security, yeah. cyber breaches, all these things as well. And as you mentioned, yes. it's not just it's not just on a personal level. It can happen to organizations. It can happen to the government as well. And uh, you know sometimes you know when you talk about the president, uh, President Trump, the yes. the former president of the United States. And how you know how the, allegedly there was uh, some mingling in the in the votes. Yes, um, you know it's a you, 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 everyone everyone can be a prey to this. Anyone can fall prey to this. Sometimes and you have uh, you know online, either, you know you you, sh- you shop online, and then you it happened to me as well, isn't it? That's what yes, I'm saying. It happened to me also. <laughs> it happened to you also. <laughs> yes, and we'll talk about that. Um, you know what <laughs> what happened to me was that. It, it was I needed to buy something, right? And I was just searching online, and then I came across the website, and it seemed legit. It seemed fine. It, there was nothing faulty with it, yes. apparently. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, I, I just bought whatever I needed to buy. I need to buy hangers, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it, it was at least it was good that I didn't spend that much money. It was only about twenty-five or thirty pounds. Okay, that's not, so. So that's it's fine. right. So then I I I bought it, and then you know the the, the delivery date that they said. Uh, nothing happened. Nothing came. I didn't even, you know, and I, you know, I waited, you know, like a week after. Still, nothing happened. A couple of days later, I emailed them and didn't receive any sort of reply. Then I sort of realized, oh, this was a fraud. This was a scam. <laughs> and then, you know, I was like, oh, fine, it's fine. It's only thirty pounds, which yeah. is not that much, but still, it just goes to show that if you don't think about it, and it was the first time it happened to me as well. So if if you don't think about it. Sometimes something it, it seems legit. The website it seems legit, but it can be a fraudulent website as well. Yes. Yeah, what happened to you? Uh, basically, I had two incidents. Oh, I'll tell unlucky. you my one unlucky. of them. Make it first, and I'll tell you the other one afterwards. Yeah. So um, I was shopping online. I became across a friends. Uh, my friends came across a website. They were selling um, you know AirPods for fifty pound. Yeah. We're like, wow, they're refurbished. Okay, it's fine. It's but it's fifty pound because it's good for your gym, and you don't have to take out wires all the time. Yeah. Just pop them in. And you can do your day-to-day task, mm. and it'll be fine. And I was like, okay, fifty pounds, that should be fine. So they came through, and when they came through, they looked knockoffs of the um, AirPods. Mm. And I was like, wow, what happened here? Then we called them up. Yeah, they were like, yeah, it's fine. What we do is normally we take out the casing, they put in a new case, but the inside is still original. The outside has been changed. Yeah. I was like, "What do you mean? How so? I've been changed." Okay, that's like, but scared. But luckily, I got my money back from them. Oh, so okay, that was okay. still fine. Oh, okay. But the s- second time, what happened was, and that was a serious one, where my bank details got hacked hmm. somehow. I don't know how they got hacked, but someone made a purchase via eBay through PayPal, PayPal uh, yeah, uh, and uh, X amount of money, which was in hundreds and uh, plus. Oh, okay. And uh, I was like, I was eighteen, nineteen that time. And I was like, okay, but I went to the bank and they were like, oh yeah, this X amount of money you have debited from your account. I was like, but but what did I buy? I don't know what I bought. They're like, okay, if you want to do an investigation, you have to sign some papers. But if it comes out that, yes, you were the one who bought that um, 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 stuff or items, mm. then you have to pay for the investigation also. I was like, yeah, that's fine. And I signed a, a document saying, okay, I give them a power to investigate and uh, within a couple of weeks they came through with with um, receipts and everything because uh, showing you bought this 
and you got you got it shipped to Birmingham. Um, there was some vehicle parts from some vehicle, mm. and I was like, I was surprised. Like, okay, I am I am eligible to drive, but I don't have a car. Mm. That's one thing. But why would I ship my parts to Birmingham to get fixed? Is there no mm. good um, mechanic in London? Yeah, there, there there might be even better here sometimes. They're like, yeah, that's true. So I was like, okay, it's like, so they said, are you sure you haven't spent that? Yeah, that's 100%. So I signed another form or something. And then that uh, money came back into my account, luckily. So, mm. but I'm surprised. Uh, I get calls uh, on random occasions. Oh, you have been involved in an accident? I was like, yeah, yeah. no, but if I'm bored and have nothing, to do, like, yeah, I had an accident, you know, and... Uh, you go along with them. Go, go along because yeah. if I'm spending time with them, right, they're not. Uh, they are unable to um, ha- um, scam someone else. Mm. And I get calls from saying, "Okay, you're an E customer." I was like, "No, I'm an O2 customer." They said, "Oh, sorry." They have to hang up straight away. Mm. If they're E uh, um, customer and they're calling EE a member, they're like, "No, sir, but you you have a contract with us. This amount of money and this amount of money you're paying mm. with us or over the phone." calls up because saying you have this amount of money paying and you're paying this much right hmm. but they just hang up the phone straight away so that shows that okay that's a scam call coming through that's, that's the thing sometimes you wonder how these people get your uh, get, get get your details yes sometimes you know you get emails upon emails saying you know oh there's a you've got a you know you've won a prize oh you've won this you've won that Oh, just unravel this, and you can get uh, you know you can get free something, whatever it is. That's the question I asked a cyber security e- yeah. expert, uh, Paul Madison. I'll pay um we did pre-recording a today little bit later on, yeah, later on and towards the show. But you know, you know uh, sorry, no, sorry, I was just going to say uh, uh, tell our listeners uh, some st- statistics yes. as well because it's quite interesting. You know, um, a study has uh, has shown that there is a hacker attack every thirty nine seconds. Wow. So while we're seconds. speaking right now, someone's getting hacked. Uh, hopefully not, but hopefully yeah, not. that's. The, I mean, a, a hacker is operating. operating you can say, yeah. And th- there has been a three hundred percent increase in reported cyber crimes since COVID nineteen, with nine point seven million healthcare records being compromised in twenty twenty September. Wow! And that's quite alarming. That is quite alarming. The cost, and th- that's what we were mentioning before, isn't it? You mentioned that. Cybercrime, it's not just, you know, your your personal bank details. I mean, of course, that is one thing. Or you're getting calls or you're getting emails or whatever. But firms can get attacked. Um, yes. You know, the, the government can get attacked. The NHS, they, 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 you know, they were being attacked as well. Now, a cost of cybercrime has risen to 0.8% of global GDP. And that is $600 billion a year as of 2022. Wow. $600 billion. You know, you know the difference between a million and a billion is so much that you can't even imagine. And then to have six hundred billion, you, you can't even imagine that amount of money. Yes, you can't even imagine that. With one point five billion cost to online credit and debit card fraud, and costing up to uh, twenty seven billion in a year to the UK economy. So that's the thing is, is that that is how much it costs. That's how much. Money that has that is spent because of you know trying to tackle this as well mm-hmm. with cryptocurrency soaring as well uh, to yes. new heights and you know every day you see another cryptocurrency coming in with a with another with another animal on his face <laughs> you know sometimes you see one with a dog on his face or whatever <laughs> uh, or a fox or whatever so you know 
people investing large sums amounts of money in it, in it as well. Yes. Because people think that you know this is this is the way to go. In February, three hundred and twenty-one million dollars of the of the wormhole um, uh, Ethereum uh, cryptocurrency variant was stolen, leading many people to lose big amounts of their money. Wow! And that's the thing as well, isn't it? If you're spending this much amount of money in something which, I mean, it's cryptocurrency. It's not you're not investing it in a you know in a shares. Or in a, you're not putting it in a safe place such as a bank, yes. right? Fine, I'm not going to go into detail how much how safe a bank is because you know you, you know well, you can get you can get hacked you can get hacked as well. Your your account get get stolen as well. But in in in, in 2020, Marriott Hotel was exposed, leaving 5.2 million guests private information, details, and records exposed. And most recently, Uber being attacked in September, giving the attacker complete access to all Uber's internals, internal system, leaving Uber customers and company extremely vulnerable as well. So, you know, firms being attacked. And this is a mm-hmm. big, big firm, a firm as well. And they have employed members who are looking after their security yeah. at the same time. And we know how much millions upon millions and then billions of dollars, um, you know, being spent uh, in this one as well. Yeah. Just, to, just to tackle this, just to curb this as well. Now, to to tackle cybercrime, cyber cybersecurity is implemented, um, which uh, which is the application of technologies, processes, and controls of uh, protect systems, networks, programs, devices, and data from cyber attacks, mm-hmm. and it aims to reduce the risk of cyber attacks and protect against the unauthorized exploitation of systems, networks, and also, of course, technologies. As well. Now, listen to this, right? Mm-hmm. Approximately six trillion dollars is expected is expected to be spent on cybersecurity by twenty twenty two this wow. year. Six, six trillion. trillion. It's not even billion or million. It's tr- trillion. Trillion with a T, not even with an M or a B. <laughs> <laughs> this is a T. Wow. Six trillion. Six trillion dollars. Um, just just on this one. Do you know, well. um, uh, brother, brother Hanif did a show a couple of years back yeah. regarding cybersecurity. Yeah. And they did um, tackle this very question. I would highly recommend our listeners to go and listen to it. Yeah. And if you write cybersecurity and right next to it, Ahmadiyya, for example, yeah. it will come up on YouTube. I think that should be the second one. Mm. And if you go and listen to it, and they also tell you how to tackle these. And they, are, they, they talk about different types of crimes. For example, hacking, phishing, um, malicious software, and or, or you have a fraud, um, identity fraud, and you have theft of financial or credit payments, and you have you know these these are just a, a few to mention just. And there I was watching uh, what's it called a documentary regarding phishing. It's not uh, the phishing where you go and fish something, right? But it's about mm. um, getting fish for your personal data mm. and where they ask for your um, OTP. For it, they say, okay, this is a number. Please, can you verify with us? Yeah. Or you have um, on YouTube, you have some uh, members um, who actually target those call centers who are um, um, fishing um, vulnerable and elderly customers. Mm. And they target them and say, okay, we are... Uh, I speak as an elderly person and said, okay, and they waste their time and they delete their data and they um, show them in front of the world, okay, these are the people, this, they're um, situated uh, in this area, for example. So be aware. 
Mm. And especially, yeah, yeah, you have from the eighteen sites who are contacting um, the western side, um, doing this call um, and um, foods, yeah. and I was like, wow, there are people out there who are trying to help out and prevent, and they these YouTubers especially who are doing this work. I, I had softer them. Even when I get a call, I know I, I didn't have an accident. I didn't have a EM was called um, Vodafone or mm. EE or O2 um, uh, change your numbers or yeah. whatever that is. Whatever that. And that's the thing I asked Paul also um, in my uh, uh, pre-recording, which I will play in in a bit. Mm. I asked him how do they even get my number? Yeah, I didn't give him. Exactly. I didn't give him. I didn't give my number. He said there's an algorithm they might use, they use normally, mm. and that's how they, they, they get, get it. your details. And as well. that's uh, that's how they get the number. Not even your details. They have the number mostly. Mm. And then when you when when you when when they say okay, he, he picks up and that number gets generated to every single um, call centers out there yeah. and that's how they are calling you back that's how and, back and back. back and back and back yeah. and they so it's best just to not pick up then isn't it well yeah. but no they're so um, sophisticated now yeah. that it has a UK number a landline hmm. you think okay so you can I know you pick up uh, hello who it is and it's like oh but yes yeah you had an accident yeah. Like, <laughs> so what are you on about? What are you on about? <laughs> okay, yeah, bye. Sometimes, sometimes you see that on some phones as well. Um, yes. That, that you know when when some something fishy is going on, then it says that it could be spam. Yeah, it could be suspected spam, spam or, or suspected so, um, like unknown number unknown, or something like that. Indeed. Then then that that also helps as well. You know there um, there was this interview, but just before just before that as well. There, just some food for thought as well. There, there's a verse in the Holy Quran. Mm-hmm. Which uh, which is from uh, Surah Al Ankabut, which Al Ankabut in Arabic means the spider, spider. right? And uh, there's a particular that is chapter twenty nine verse forty two, and it's very interesting because it, it speaks about uh, a spider. Mm-hmm. But of course, we 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 know that uh, like all religious scriptures, and uh, you know, you know, it, it, metaphorical language is also used as well. Yes, I mean, of course, we can take things literally, but also we can th- take things uh, in the metaphorical sense uh, as well. So, some just some food for thought in this verse, Allah the Almighty states that the case of those who take helpers besides Allah is like unto the case of the spider, right? Mm-hmm. And then Allah, Allah, Allah the Almighty mentions that it's talking about the spider who makes for herself a house, and surely the frailest. You know, the weakest of all houses is the house of the spider. spider. But if they but knew. Now, so, you know, some commentators uh, of this, um, of the Holy Quran, of, of this particular verse, as well, they say that in modern times, because the Holy Quran is for all times, yes. right? it's not just for, you know, the 14th century or for the 7th or the 8th century, it's for all times until the end of time. Now, Talking about the talking about the spider and then the house of the spider. Mm-hmm. If you think about the house of the spider, it's a spider web, isn't it? Yes. Now, what people say that the spider web is the weakest is the weakest uh, house. Mm-hmm. Now, if we take this into sort of a metaphorical sense, okay, the World Wide Web is yes. also a web, isn't it? Yes. And that is where all your details are. Wow. But that is the weakest. That's the weak. We may think it's strong. But it's the weakest houses, according to you know the spider web is the yes. weakest house, but it's still strong enough to hold the spider. It's still hold enough to hold, you know, if if a fly comes onto the spider web, yes. it can catch it. It can catch it. That's, even if you go like that with your finger, you can flick through the spider web, right? Yes. But if a fly comes onto that, 
you know, the spiders puts its prey, its, its, its meal onto the spider web mm-hmm. as well and eats from that as well. It's his house, isn't it? Yes. But if we take it into a metaphorical sense as well, the, the World Wide Web, you know, it's, it connects from one to the other and all the whole thing is connected as a, as a global sort of... Yes. You understand know what I'm trying to say? Yes. I, I, but, it's, but it's weak as well because everything is there. Someone hacks in, he can get he everything. He can get everything. Because nowadays, especially, everything is online. Everything is online. If you try to avoid being online, somehow your picture is still online. For example, somehow, through isn't CCTV, it? through someone else's picture, someone yeah. else's mobile someone phone. might Yeah, exactly. Someone might post something on their account, on their social media, and you, and you don't even know about it. And you're in, and you're in, you're in the background. You don't even know about it. And you think yourself, oh, you, you're yourself... Uh, oh, I stay away from I'm this. I stay away from <laughs> this. I'm not uh, a I'm not social, on social person. Yeah. But you're still online in some way or form. That's the thing. Be it via your phone, be it via your TV, be it via... Um, just your GPS, which mm. you have in your car. Exactly, exactly. So someone is still locating you where you are. Exactly. In my car, I, I, by the way, I got a new car. Yeah, <laughs> to you, my told us, you told us last time. <laughs> I got finally <laughs> a new car. It's been a week plus yeah, now. Yeah. And in that car, even though it's an old GPS system, mm. but it still works. It you know, Toyota can still pinpoint where I am. Pinpoint where you are. You know, even on my phone, right? Say, say if I go to a, any particular place. For for whatever, let's yes. just say for example, I've gone to McDonald's in uh, in, in in Tooting, right? Uh-huh. When because obviously my phone is in my pocket, yes, and I've I stayed there for you know for twenty half an hour, however long you eat the meal or whatever, right? Uh-huh. This is just an example. And then when you leave and then you go back home or whatever, like a couple of a couple of hours later, you say, oh, you went here, rate this, rate this place, rate, rate this place, yeah. So it, it knows that you went there. That's nothing. So you imagine this. <laughs> I forget this. Listen to this yeah. <laughs> to my listeners, especially. So on my watch, right? Yeah. When I reach my workplace, yeah. Oh, uh, when I when I'm leaving home, yeah. Because I've been doing the same routine for the past for the couple, past of, couple, couple of, of months. Yeah. As soon as I leave right around nine o'clock, it, on my watch it says to work twenty five minutes. Hmm. And if when after six, when I'm going back home, go back home it, yeah. I look at my watch. It, there's a ping already there. It's saying okay, to home is half now forty five minutes. Hmm. I was like, okay, I, I, but I could be going somewhere else right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm is so strong yeah. that it knows you've been doing this for the past couple of months that this the is my is there, that, yeah. that's your routine you might be going home so mm. just click on Google Maps and it will take you there mm. and it's, mean, it, it there comes are, there are positives and negatives isn't it there's positives and, and negatives yeah so but always but we should try and save ourselves from the negatives yeah and especially the young children of course of course and remember last week I saw one of my um, um, nephews yeah, and she went to her to that that look smile, and yeah. the payment went through. Payment right? went through, yeah. And that's that's how simple it is. <laughs> that's the thing I asked Paul today, and now I think we should go towards. Yeah, let's our, listen to that as well. What Paul has said regarding cybersecurity. Peace be upon you all. Welcome to the Drive Time pre-recording show. We'll be talking to Paul Madison who is an NCSC Chief Operating Officer, who is responsible for the UK's overall cyber security re- reliances. This involves working with a range of sectors, including government and critical national infrastructure, to ensure the defence are as strong as possible against potential future cyber attacks. With this short introduction, I would like to welcome Paul Madison to our show. Hi, Paul, how are you? Hello, very well, thank you. 
So, Paul, first of all, um, if you can tell our listeners what what does NCSC mean, first of all. Certainly, um, NCSC is the National Cyber Security Centre. We were set up in 2016 to be the mm -hmm. government's uh, centre of expertise on cyber security. Perfect. Thank you so much. Uh, and also regarding um, um, fraud and all that, for example, losses to fraud and cyber crimes have increased significantly in the UK in the recent years. Even I have, I was also a what's it called a victim of this yes. of cyber crime. Uh, but I wanted to ask, how bad is that, especially for the UK businesses and economy? And how does the NCSC, along with the government, uh, plan to deal with this threat in the future? Yes, well, I'm sorry you you, you were a victim of it as well. Um, but like you say, um, it's a it's a big problem getting worse. So billions of pounds each year are lost to businesses mm -hmm. in the UK as a result of cybercrime. Um, the latest government figures we have, um, the Cyber Security Breaches Survey of 2022, shows that 39% of businesses suffered a cyber attack in the past 20, 12 months. Um, so NCSC's mission is to make the UK the safest place to live and work online. We do this in a number of ways. First mm -hmm. and foremost, we put expert advice and guidance on how best to protect yourself uh, through our website at ncsc.gov.uk. And this is tailored to different organisations, the big or big companies in the critical national infrastructure, but also mm -hmm. for small businesses and citizens uh, to help protect themselves. Um, we also take direct action through our active cyber defence programme, where we automatically block millions of attacks each year from getting through to victims. And also, um, are there a certain age group of people who are more vulnerable to cyber crimes, such, for example, other factors, including age, or people or, or who prefer to shop online, are they more vulnerable to these attacks or not? So we're, we're releasing at the moment our latest version of the Cyber Aware campaign, which is about raising awareness and improving cybersecurity for individuals. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, uh, the statistics we have from, from this period last year, that actually it was uh, younger shoppers, you know, 19 to 25 year olds, who were most likely to fall victim to scams through online shopping. Okay. Uh, but that said, anyone can fall victim to, to the scam and it, it affects everybody. So everybody really needs to be aware. And that's why we're urging people to follow our online shopping guidance, take mm -hmm. the basic steps we've set out in our cyber aware campaign, protecting your online accounts, setting up two-step verification and making sure that you use strong passwords using three random words. Yes. And Paul, you just, as you just mentioned, um, the 19 to 50, 25-year-olds are most likely to be vulnerable to these attacks. For example, you know, what I do is I have a fingerprint on my laptop. I just click on it and mm -hmm. it just transfers the money. It's like one-click shopping or even yeah. on your phones, you have um, what's called something face ID. You press two buttons, face ID comes up and you just pay through it. Is that secure or is it vulnerable for users? Well, I mean, it's really important to make sure that you use a secure payment method. And if that is set up correctly and, and you're using a credit card or a you know reputable online service like mm -hmm. PayPal, et cetera, then that should be secure. I mean, the danger with this is the technology, you know, makes it very, very easy to pay and buy things online, which means you can often rush in and try and uh, buy something from somebody who is not real. So a fraudulent website or a fraudulent seller. Um, mm -hmm. so, so our advice is very much, I mean, use those secure payment methods, but before you click, before you, you know, press the button to, to pay, make sure that you've researched the seller, make sure you research the website and just take a moment to think and just check that you're not falling victim uh, uh, to a scam by, by, by using those, those payment methods. 
the, uh, as poor as you know, um, December is coming up and Christmas is starting. Um, wanted to ask, is, have you observed any trends uh, of certain times of the year where cyber scammings is most frequent than others and why? Yeah, well, criminals are very opportunistic. Um, so they'll use current events uh, to try and sort of increase their success rate. And they'll often prey on people's emotions. So um, we saw during the COVID pandemic, for example, a lot of scams offering fake offers of vaccines. And this was okay. clearly paying on, playing on people's fears at that time. Uh, the reason we're really sort of pushing our messages now about online security of online shopping is, of course, this is a period where people do you know, particularly look for bargains in online sales. And, and we also recognise that, you know, the cost of living being so high at the moment, people yes. will be really looking for, for good deals. And so this is an opportunity that we're, we're, we're confident that criminals will try and take advantage of. So that's why we're trying to urge people to make sure they, they take our advice to protect their accounts, to, to check the sellers before they, they buy and to use a, you know, a, a secure payment method like a credit card. Mm -hmm. So for, uh, what are the signs of a scammer um, when when you're dealing with public what should the public look out for for example when they're doing online shopping receiving a phishing scam email or when they're giving the bank card information out because um, even when i go for traveling i call up a travel agent over the phone yeah. we, i give them the 16 number digit sometimes just get yeah. a payment even though i trust them but should we do that or should we try to do something else uh, any alternate routes we should take well, so as I say, I think there's sort of the existing and legitimate payment methods like credit cards and, you know, for, for legitimate businesses are absolutely fine and secure. What, what scammers try and do is, is put pressure on people. And often they'll, they'll do that by trying to make it seem like, you know, you have to take action quickly. So, so they don't want you to stop and think and check their website or check that they're legitimate. They want you just to, you know, click the button and pay them. Um, and they'll do that by, for example, saying the offer's time limited or, you know, there's only uh, a short supply of the product. So you need to buy now. Um, mm. The other thing they'll often do is try and present themselves in a position of authority, you know, to try and convince you that they're uh, legitimate. So they, they try and put pressure on you. And as I said before, they'll often use emotional uh, issues as well to try and sort of convince you that you need to, you know, buy now and click now without checking. So so our mm. advice is, is try and avoid that. If you see that, um, you know, somebody trying to put pressure on you to do something quickly, just just take a moment, just pause, go and research their website, you know, just talk to your friends, just check out that, you know, what you're doing is actually real. There's a lot, there's there's more information on how to spot a, a scam at our website, uh, ncsc.gov.uk again. Perfect. And Paul, sorry, a, a question just came up in my mind before I ask another question. You know, for young children uh, or mm. young parents of young children, um, we give them phones or iPads, and they we tend we tend to give them to play with it, right? Yeah. But then what happens is they start going and some emails come up and they start clicking on them. How can we prevent children or what advice would you give to the parents to avoid these kind of scammers who are coming through via email or just as pop-ups on the children's devices? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's a difficult issue. Um, and yes. I think basically just trying to to make sure one that you you know your children's uh, are supervised um, in their use of your devices, particularly if they have access to you know websites or payment methods where you might you know fall victim to a scam. I mean, as you said earlier, if if you set up your payment devices so they require your fingerprint or they require mm -hmm. you know, and and that's why two step verification actually can be really helpful as well. So this is where. It's not just a question of putting in one simple password, but you have to get a yes. you know a text to your mobile phone or whatever. You know, so putting in those additional layers of uh, protection so that it's not easy for children 
to inadvertently fall victim to this or to get to to and there's clearly there's there's some good uh, software and filters you can put on your devices and your home routers to make sure that children don't access inappropriate content for example so 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 i think all of those uh, are, are really really important you know you just mentioned software and something just came in mind again sorry no, okay. <laughs> about antiviruses are yes. they safe and secure because we don't know which one to go for and which one not to go for Oh well, again, I think it's you know look look for a reputable brand, one that's mm -hmm. well established in the market. You know, do a bit of research. Um, there's there's quite a lot of information out there about the different you know antivirus uh, uh, products that are available. So again, with all of this and, and and with scams themselves, if if a deal seems too good to be true, then it probably is. Uh, you know, so the you know the completely free you know will protect you against everything. Probably doesn't. Um, you know, so just try and avoid uh and, and go for the more reputable brands i think perfect well you know uh, just for uh, uh, as our last question of the day today what um message would you give the young parents your children and anyone out there who might be a a, a victim who has um, for example myself i was scammed out of my account 400 pound a couple of years back and someone bought some car parts from my account and yeah. ship them somewhere in Birmingham, even though I live in London. And that's how my yeah. bank said, okay, that's fine. You can, we'll send it back to you because I wasn't in Birmingham. Why would I ship it over there? Mm -hmm. um, any advice or any, um, what's it called? Last uh, second thoughts you would tell these, um, um, what's it called, audience who are listening today uh, regarding yeah, so what you to do. Yeah, well, please um, do look at our cyber aware campaign on our website, but it, there's three main things. So one is about protecting your online accounts. And that's, as I said, two-step verification and using three random words as your password. So they're strong passwords. Then before you buy, check out and research the sellers just to make sure that they are legitimate. And thirdly, use a secure payment method like a credit card. Um, but if you do fall victim, into a scam please do report it first to your bank immediately because obviously they can as you said help you recover the money yes. or stop the fraudulent payments but secondly report it to action fraud um so this is the law enforcement uh, organization that deals with fraud and you can get them at actionfraud.police.uk or by calling 0300 123 2040 but also mm -hmm. if you do spot a scam and you see something that's suspicious you can take action to stop other people being affected and this is where you know, we've had over the last year almost six million sort of suspicious emails sent to us, and we've managed to take down quite a lot of thousands and thousands of of scams um, because people have reported them to us. So if you do get a suspicious email, you can mm -hmm. forward it to us at report at phishing.gov.uk, or if it's a mobile text message, you send it on forward to seven seven two six, and we'll take that and make sure that we take down the malicious activity. Perfect, Paul. Sorry, <laughs> one more sorry last question. I promise before I let you go, you know, we get calls um, on our mobile phones from companies saying, okay, we are from this company calling you from your, for example, I am on EE. So, okay, we're calling from EE and this is the offer which is going around right now. And, but I, I know it, it's a, it's got a scam call. How do these people get our numbers, first of all? How do they get your numbers? Um yes. Uh, so, I mean, this is less my area of expertise. I obviously, I've, I've, no, I've suffered it as well. I, I think they use just automatic dialing. I mean, I think okay. they they will often just try as many people as possible, and if you respond, they will um, 
you know, they will then follow up. So sometimes it's a, it's a computer dialing you to start with, isn't it? And if somebody actually answers, then you get a, a person online. So anyway, anybody that phones you up and makes you an offer, you know, be very suspicious straight away. And, okay. and the first thing you should do, you know, stop, check it, you know, if necessary, hang up, talk to your friends, look at their website. If you are, are interested, make sure you phone back on a legitimate number and just make sure you are talking to the organization you think you are. Thank most you. most big companies won't phone you up and ask you to make a payment um, yes. there and then. Perfect. That's the thing that I want to get out to the audience. Uh, so sorry to the listeners today. So make sure to avoid um, getting scam calls and calling a victim to them also. Because I know exactly. someone who has fallen a victim to it, and he was offered a five pound deal for unlimited everything. <laughs> uh, well, my 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 father was. He fell victim to one of those scams as well. Actually, you know, pretending to be Amazon and uh, trying yeah. to sort out his computer and. You know, we had to report it to the bank and get it sorted out. So, yeah, anybody can. And uh, the more we do to raise awareness, um, but also then report these things so that we can, you know, take action against the criminals, the better. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you, Paul, for joining us today. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. So this was Paul Madison, who is a cybersecurity expert. And uh, yes, one of my friends did mm. fall uh, victim to a five pound scam yeah and we were like how did you think about it we like close your account straight away tell your bank if any money goes out from anywhere just stop it and that's what he did mm. and luckily nothing happened after that yeah. so be aware of unlimited five pound which is it yeah, was true if, if, if it's you, too good like if 10 15 yeah. years back it might be understandable but yeah. this is too good to be true right now if it's too if something's too good to be true then most probably get it checked yeah, get it checked. And most probably it is too good to be true. <laughs> so, you know, um, just um, after this, uh, I, was, I was reading and they um, came across this. Um, you know, the world is more connected than ever before. There are about mm. 10 billion, not million, 10 billion devices online. And uh, it, uh, in 2021, that, this is statistics which, which was taken in 2021, 10 mm. billion devices. Mm. But the number is, to, um, is estimated to surpass 25.4 billion by 2030 as you know we have just crossed 8 billion as population mm. that's three times more than the population itself so you cannot um, hide yourself from being online or something a picture of you you are on on the online um, web spider web as you mentioned before <laughs> so you are there yeah. you're definitely it's, yeah definitely there and it's uh, it's just a matter of um, of you being safe yes and staying safe isn't it but one good thing that he mentioned as well uh, Paul, it was that um, r- 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 uh, we need to raise awareness as well that yes. this can happen and this does happen. And, and even though he yeah. is a cy- cyber security e- expert, he was um, a victim to it. Oh, sorry, his father, his was, father a victim, was a vi- yeah. victim to it. So you never know. You know, you never know where the attack is going to come from. But uh, just know that it can happen to you. Sometimes you think that oh, it happened to him. It happened to him. It's not going to happen to me. Yeah. And a lot of people think that. But you know, it's uh, it's something that you need to look into, take uh, take precautions where necessary as well. And this is a good thing as well that it, you know you can just tell your bank as well yes. that don't authorize anything or any payment without consulting me, without me actually taking it off, without me checking it. These sort of yes. things. So the one thing uh, I actually like is a two-way verification step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For your emails, for your banks, it comes through you to your phone or whatever you have set up, mm. and it says. Are you actually authorizing this payment, or are you authorizing this device to be yeah. activated as an email? Um, can you access your emails? You know, and so if it says yeah. yes, 
that's fine then. Some some banks, you know, banks do this as well. So yes. obviously, online banking is is what's happening right now, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's what it is. It's the easiest way to do it's, banking. It's the easiest right way now. to do banking, and you know, you can you can you know set up uh, sort of funds as well. So if you spend, let's say, a cap of two hundred pounds. Yes. If you spend two hundred and one pound, it will come to your phone or your your application on your phone that you know this is something that you want to purchase, and yes. then you just click on it, yes or no. And then you know if it's yes, then it will go through. If no, then it will just decline it there and then. Yes. So these even when good. you're tapping your card um, anywhere in any shop or at um, at the bus stop or at the, in the bus or in the tube, mm. uh, it comes up on your device. Okay, you have touched your um, ca- uh, card here, be it via your phone or yeah. the physical card itself. Yeah. It comes up. Or by your watch or whatever. <laughs> or by the watch. <laughs> I, I tend not to use my watch. It looks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. Oh, it's too flashy right yeah. now. But okay, <laughs> back to the point. Yeah. That. Um, what was I asked? Did you forget what I was about about to say? But oh yeah, <laughs> so it comes up on your device saying mm. yes, it you have spent that amount of money, and if there was an an unauthorized payment going th- through, you can just straight away uh, contact your bank saying, oh, I'm not here there, but someone has might have gotten access out of this. Mm. Uh, please stop my bank here and please investigate on this a uh, payment which has gone through, mm. and Very they good. do investigate and hopefully they do Absolutely. recover the money back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's speak to our, our, our guest who's on the line with us, Ernest, who is a cybersecurity analyst, security operations analyst. It's SOC, IT support specialist as well. Ernest is doing um, work through CyberSafe Foundation. This is a massive amount of community outreach on helping everyone connecting to the internet to stay safe online and also helping startups in transitioning into cybersecurity. Ernest, thank you so much for joining us on our show today. Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me to this location. Thank you so much. Now, to begin is we're we're spending billions upon billions worldwide on cybersecurity. However, we're still seeing cyber attacks rising global globally. Why is that then? Um, we you are living in a digital world where everything has now been taken to the internet. Right, is storing data or accessing information. We we need assistance from the internet to get things done. The advancement of technology and the growing involvement in the cyber world makes us prone to cyber threats. Irrespective of how much you know we prefer we we protect against you know sensitive data and how much we invest in cybersecurity. Cyber criminals always find a way to you know navigate security and hack our system. However, this does not mean we cannot they will protect our system from impact of cyber crime. <laughs> now, in this in this day and age, the amount of people getting scammed on a on a day to day basis, the, you know, we see that we see that happening every day now. How much does on an average person need to need to be cyber competent or trained even uh, to avoid being scammed? Um, would that would that help? Um, oh. Okay, you don't you don't really need to be a cyber security analyst or cyber security expert mm. to avoid being scammed online. But at least one has to be, you know, put a few cyber crime precautions in place to reduce or even stop cyber criminals from targeting their system. So basically you one has to have have their habits. So um okay, I'll give out maybe three habits that like I use to, you know, consider myself to be cyber smart. So no one has to think twice before clicking on links 
or any attachment, especially through emails. Even if an email or a text message looks like it's from someone you know or take care, just be, be conscious of attachments. Then you verify requests uh, for private information. Whenever you are requested to provide your private information, be it yours or anyone else, verify the identifier, uh, verify the identity of the requester. Hmm. Even if it appears to someone you know, you know, just just because cyber criminals are very clever in, in how they collect data and they need your information to export to extort money from you or maybe to steal your identity. Also, you can protect like you can use strong passwords, protect your password. Never, you know. Never reveal your password to anybody. Make them long, make them strong, make them unique, especially use multi-factor authentication whenever possible. Yes. So I would suggest you use the password manager, uh, use different passwords uh, for different accounts, and don't let apps or websites remember your password. So these are ways one can stay safe. Yes, you know, as you mentioned, uh, they have some different passwords for your devices. Can you give our viewers some advice on some common cyber scams and risks faced by the people on a small or larger scale? And how can they stay safe online? Okay, we have common scams like phishing emails, we yes. have malware, we have virus, we have a lot of them. So basically, ways you can stay safe online is to you know implement multi-factor authentication on your account, or mm -hmm. you refer it to as two-factor authentication. Something you know with something you have, or maybe you understand. So or maybe you also stay safe by updating your software. In fact, your your device should be on auto update. Also, you can stay safe by you know before you click on like I said on any link or any attachment. You should observe and think first because more than 90% of successful cyber attacks start with basically a phishing email. Mm -hmm. So, using a strong password helps a lot. And ideally, a password manager, like I said, is very ideal to generate and store unique passwords. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ernest, for joining us today and enlightening our listeners regarding how they can stay safe um, online. I would. Uh, Thank you um, one more time for enlightening us with your works today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. So this was Ernest, who mm -hmm. is a cyber um, security um, and uh, analysis or an expert, as yeah. we can say. And he has mentioned some great um, things and some great things we, um, for our listeners. Have a what we, we even when you were discussing me, you, me and you, Shajid, yeah, and was have a two way ver verification step. Verification, yeah, have uh, your device in auto update. That's a new thing, okay. But remember when you have this update, it says there's some um bug fix, so yeah. that that these bugs are which are destroying automatically fixed, yeah, uh, yeah, automatically yeah. fixed. And because these bugs are destroying your phone from inside out, mm. which we do not see from our naked eyes, yeah, and also observe. If you you've ever receive an email, because I have received some emails in the past in saying, okay, you earn us X amount of money or your password will be leaked and even the password they have is correct. I'm surprised how they have it. Mm. But you change the password, you call up these different companies and tell them, okay, please change, uh, this is happening. Please look into it. And you change your password, you change your details and mm. you'll be fine for the next couple of 
Hopefully it's fine <laughs> forever. Yeah, that's, yeah. I was about to say we could the next couple of tries, <laughs> but I like, okay, I stopped. I was like, uh, let's hope it stays <laughs> like this. And you know, be be smart about it. And especially when I was asking Paul about it, mm. when you have young children who have devices and you have these pop-ups uh, on them, mm. um, what he said uh, it was uh, great. He said, uh, be careful. Make sure you ch- you're there in an environment in a safe environment. They're using it, mm. so you're basically nearby them when they're using those devices. So when if a pop-up comes up, you can say no. And close it straight away and say this is a virus which is coming through, mm. and you stop them all. What we do is you try to avoid those websites which have quite a few pop-ups. Or you have one best thing I I've learned is I have some you know um 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 official blockers, mm. which block um pop-ups, yeah. and they just you won't have any um won't have any advertisements problems. on it, and you can go on to, uh, on your day-to-day use. Mm. That has helped me a lot, but some people do avoid them also because. They might be taking your information. Yeah. So information yeah. is going out from both sides. That's Even the thing. for for example, on our def- uh, let's say my laptop it has a fingerprint reader, right? And if I click on it, if I'm is good payment goes through. Biometrics are one great way to save yourself. Also, you instead of having a small password, have your biometrics. You, you only you can verify hmm. um, that payment or have a face ID or. All these, but then you have your, your, you know, your, your very clever and smart <laughs> children and nieces <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> they just come up, nephews. <laughs> they just come up. Daddy, look this way. Oh, the payment went through. Pay- oh, payment wow. went through, and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 another factor. But still, it, it is good though to have. Yes. It is good to have you know biometrics, or your fingerprint, and these it, things. It has well. a downside also because you'll be spending. Yeah, well, you'll yeah. be spending more without thinking about it. That's true. Because yeah. it's two two taps and. Thing. And that's and it. Yeah, that's the it. money goes on you. We spoke about this last time yes. as well, isn't it? That you know, payment online, because you don't actually see that money. It's not you don't feel that. Feel about you don't it. Feel it. It's about the cash it's you have. The cash in, money in that you have. Yeah. Because if you have fifty, or if you have euros, you have a hundred, uh, two hundred, or five hundred. Yeah. You don't want to break it. You don't want to break it. You, do, exactly. you actually don't want to break it. Like, oh, do I actually need that yeah. pack of gum for fifty pound note? Yeah. Then you're like, okay, forget it. I'll save it. Yeah. For some time else. But you know, this is also the. Sometimes we see that uh, some currencies, and you mentioned euros as well, and it just reminded me, they have five hundred euro note. Yes. Oh, why? I love, I love that. Why do you have a five hundred euro note? <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea, but <laughs> I actually love it. Because <laughs> if you have, let's say a thousand pound, or thousand euros, you have two notes instead of having fifty pound notes, which are. The thing is, the thing is, is that that that's fine if you look at it from that sense. But if you look at it from the negative sense, a mm-hmm. note is a note. Yes. If you lose a note, it could be one euro note, could be a five euro, could be ten, could be five hundred. Oh yes, that's oh, that's that. No, you actually picked <laughs> up the correct point. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is if you lose it, then that's gone, isn't it? Yeah. But the, I mean, obviously now, no. I mean, most people don't really have. That much cash lying around anyway, yes. And all the money is in, you know, is in, uh, is in the banks. And one statistics which is, uh, yeah. it is estimated that on every thirty thousand websites are hacked every day. Mm. Companies are falling victim to a cyber attack every thirty nine seconds, as you have mentioned yeah. before. So these thirty thousand websites a day are getting hacked. That's a lot of. Uh, that's a big number. Yeah, it's not like one or two. In in, in these companies, you have big companies getting hacked. 
big websites being hacked. Yeah. I don't know the if government's it, being hacked as well. government but uh, are being hacked but I don't know what, what about deliveries, right? You order something from a, let's say a big company yeah. but that delivery doesn't dry, arrive at your house. Hmm. And you call up the delivery company they say it has happened to me twice now and that's why I, okay, I'm saying okay, okay. I I order shoes from two different companies not no name not no names mentioned here okay. but they're big offline company. tell me offline <laughs> I'll tell you offline <laughs> they were big companies yeah, yeah. and they had some good shoes and I, I actually loved them yeah and I spent 50 60 pound on it HG because they okay. the actual amount was 100 200 plus so you got some discount a cheap on discount on it right yeah and they the shoes never arrived mm and i called up the company. they they did um refund me because they, they never arrived at my house but i called up the company who was delivering and they said oh yes we have delivered it and it is is it's a white house mm. i was like okay white house is in america also did you deliver it there they said there was an asian man who came out i was like but my house is gray or my house is blue or my house mm. is black right yeah but and they're like okay but it hasn't been delivered I was like where did you did deliver it hmm. they're like oh so your best thing is go to the company you bought from and ask for a refund and they should be able to help you out with it hmm. and i don't know if i got i got hacked on the way by by the driver or by the company who was delivering it to me yeah. or the company who was sending it to me yeah that's also so, 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 so you never know so, so you never that's know. a physical hacking there <laughs> so, yeah that's just plain <laughs> as, maybe, i don't know maybe I mean, there's something in there that that is a fi- bit fishy, isn't something, it? Yeah, something, something must have happened on the line. Needs to be looked into as well. But Indeed. this is why firms uh, they need the infrastructure as well. Yes, that's why we say you know they're spending so much amount of money, trillion. You know what was it? I think it was six trillion. Yes, um, six trillion. Six trillion this year that uh, you know that it will be will be spent on this as well. And the thing is, is that when governments are being uh, hacked, companies mm-hmm. are being hacked. then you seem to wonder that you know there there is definitely something that needs to be done you know once the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him said a, a companion asked him who is the most excellent among the muslims and the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam peace and blessings peace and blessings of allah be upon him said one from whose tongue and hands the other muslim are secure hmm. so our hands You know, a hacker uses his hands. Literally, yeah. A hacker uses his tongue by by his calling and phishing someone, or is using it um, his hands to um, navigate with the mouse and the keyboard to hack someone. Hmm. If a Muslim is secure, just not Muslims, everyone is included in this. Hmm. If everyone is secure from this, that's that's the um, um, he is the um, most excellent among you. So we should be that person from. Um, even physically mm. as if you sp- speaking you, sh- you should speak politely and and if you um, walking with uh, some somewhere use your hands politely nicely and if someone's asking for help don't just wave him off go away just help wave him in say okay i can help you out right mm. that's two way of gesturing with your hand one exactly. is go, go away the other way around and that's one way please come i'll help you out mm. and the same way over the phone if someone you should think about it twice before you calling some because he, that might be his savings life savings you're targeting mm. it's not he has like extra 100 pound lying around or 1000 pound lying around mm. which even if he loses it it won't make a difference to his life mm. but when you target vulnerable people young people as we even in our homeless segment we were talking about it i know we coming to the end mm. but these are the most vulnerable people young people elderly people who have that's the savings that's what they have to survive if a working working class has been attacked 
that's also bad because that's the because that's a day to day earning. That's a day to day earning. earning that's exactly. gone, and they cannot provide for rent. They cannot provide for gas or electricity, and that which triggers also homelessness at the same time. So th- that's why these two are also interlinked. That's mm. why we wanted to have homelessness and then cyber security. When when I was asked how you want to do it, I was like, okay, let's do homeless first, and then security after that, mm. because you keep yourself safe from um, um, external attacks that will keep your financials air, air, air strongly also. Mm. So these were some things. That's what before we were doing this show. I was like, okay, we can link this together, and this is how what I thought we could link. Yeah, so Shiji, we're coming to the last minute now. You know, His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community, may Allah be his helper. He also uh, was addressing, you know, the women's auxiliary organization, and he was saying to he was saying that those women who have children, the children would be growing up with the internet and all the all of these uh, mm-hmm. smartphones and computers, laptops, everything. But sometimes the mothers, the older generation, they don't know how to use it, and he instructed them that they should learn, they should learn how to use the computers. Just so that they can make sure that the children are also safe. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we learn all of these different, uh, uh, you know, these different things as well. How we can, uh, you know, make sure that we are keeping ourselves uh, safe uh, from these things. Now that actually draws a conclusion to 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 our show today. Thank you so much for listening. Our show was produced by Fariel Janud Nasir and also Tehreem Muzammil. Thank you so much to them uh, and of course the technician in the tech studio. Pleasure uh, presenting with you, Saad. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.